Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am thrilled to bring you today's feature guest, Laura Doyle. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. And I want to make sure everybody knows who you are so they understand why I'm so excited. Laura Doyle is actually a New York Times bestselling author and relationship expert whose latest book, The Empowered Wife, is now an Amazon TV series, Empowered Wives. Over 15,000 women credit her with not only saving their relationships, but also showing them how to become desired, cherished, and adored. She's also the founder of Laura Doyle Connect, an international relationship coaching company that teaches women the intimacy skills they need to have passionate, peaceful relationships. Laura, do me a favor, take a minute, let us know if there's anything we missed in that introduction, and then would you please give us a glimpse into how you got started doing this incredible work that you do? Well, I was the perfect wife, Ken, until I actually got married. And then it turned <laughs> out um, I was not so perfect. I couldn't figure out. I mean, I kept trying to show my husband how to improve himself, right? How to dress better and eat healthier and uh, some things he could do at work. And I couldn't figure out why he was avoiding me. He didn't want to spend any time with me. He didn't even want to make love to me. And so I realized that there must be something wrong with him. And so then I dragged him to marriage counseling so that the counselor could fix him. And then I would finally be happy because I think that's how it works. And um, of course it didn't work. In fact, that's when I became the most hopeless and I realized that um, he was never going to change and I just needed to get divorced or else I was going to spend the rest of my life in a loveless marriage. So uh, the problem was I was too embarrassed to get divorced because everyone had been at the wedding just not that many years before. And so in my desperation, I thought, I'm going to ask women who've been married for what seemed like an eternity, which was 15 years, for their secrets to a happy relationship. And some of the things that they said to me didn't even make sense to me. I remember one woman said, I try never to criticize my husband, no matter how much it seems like he deserves it. And I was like, huh, have you got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do that. But fortunately, you know, looking back now, I'm, I'm really grateful that my desperation went out and I just decided I was going to experiment in my marriage. I just made my marriage a big laboratory. And if something worked, I kept it. And if it didn't, I threw it out. And what emerged were what I now call the six intimacy skills. And I remember I'd been practicing them for, for a while. And one day I came home and as I walked through the door, my husband's face lit up because he was happy to see me again. And that had been gone for a long time. And so I thought, wow, this is working. And I knew that part of the trouble was that I had been controlling. I, I was no longer going to control my husband because I really valued the, the connection and the intimacy I was getting. So I just decided I'd start controlling all my girlfriends 
and telling them how to have good relationships. So they would complain and I'd say, say this or do this, you know, just telling them the things I'd learned. And we just saw miraculous changes in those relationships too. And that's when I knew uh, that we were really onto something. And one of the women said, hey, can you write down what we're doing for my cousin in Florida? And I was like, yeah, sure, okay, I can do that. And then I, uh, I wrote it down, and it became my first book. And when Dateline NBC came and did an investigative report on the methods, that book shot to number one on Amazon and became a New York Times bestseller. And now we're in 19 languages in 30 countries, and I have relationship coaches. So I never expected to have this amazing platform uh, from just trying to save my own marriage. But I'm so grateful every day because, um, I mean, now the marriage I have, I mean, recently I was brushing crumbs off of the uh, counter and my husband said, wait, don't move. And he got out his camera to take my picture. Like I'm the supermodel he's been married to for 28 years now. And um, it's just, uh, I'm unspeakably grateful to have that kind of love every single day. And I want every woman to have the skills that she needs. We just needed training, you know, just like to make an omelet or play piano or anything else. Somebody shows you how to do it. It's, it's not so hard, but nobody ever showed me. My parents are divorced. I was following a failed recipe. And I think a, a lot of women uh, just haven't known. So I'm on a mission to end world divorce by getting as many women as possible the six intimacy skills. Fabulous. I love that. And what's the name of the first book? Oh, it's called The Surrendered Wife. And I got to tell you, Ken, when people hear that name, they think that I was writing about the subservient wife mm -hmm. or the obedient wife or something. And it's a, kind of a big turnoff to a lot of women, unfortunately. But, you know, surrender, it's just a, a beautiful spiritual word. I think about being stuck in traffic and I wish it would move, but I can't make it move. But I can I can use that time to talk on the phone or listen to music that I love or an audiobook. And that's surrender. It's just being grateful and accepting the situation. It's accepting the things that I can't change. And so a surrender wife just knows she can't change anyone besides herself. So she doesn't try to change her husband. Instead, she focuses on her own happiness. And that, in turn, has a dramatic effect on the intimacy. It makes it much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on 28 years. Thank and you. May you have 28 or more coming up. That's that's um, my hope now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and thank you for sticking in there. Yeah, thank you. That's that's very sweet of you. I um, yeah, I'm I I wouldn't give nothing for my journey now, right? As uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fact, uh, this has been the best self improvement program I've ever undertaken, and I'm so grateful because I don't. I know that I never would have gone through the door marked self-reflection if I hadn't been in so much pain, if I hadn't been so desperate and felt like there was no escape. And so uh, in some ways I look back and I think, yeah, perfect. That was just, that's the way it needed to be. Because not only do I feel more loved, I feel more dignified now. I feel more confident. My life emerged, you know, before um, when I was just the armchair quarterback of my husband's life. Uh, my life was going by like 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 a car with no one at the wheel, really. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I started focusing on my own life, well, what emerged, right? This I was called to write books and have them be bestsellers and go on national TV shows and make my own TV show and speak in front of um, hundreds of people. I got asked to speak, Ken, and I had no experience speaking. I didn't even know what you're supposed to do. And 
it was terrifying. The whole thing was terrifying, the whole ride. And I thought, wow, no wonder I just wanted to sit back and take pot shots at what he was doing. That was a lot less terrifying. And so this has um, been like, uh, it's made me more courageous mm. to be, uh, to learn how to be trusting in a marriage. Yeah. It's kind of remarkable. That's awesome. So I got to ask this. So when Dateline comes to interview you, did they think you were a scam? I mean, what was their, their take? How would they interview <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, right? They, they, um, I think they thought I was more like a freak than a scam at least, uh, because of the, the title surrendered wife. Uh, and they were really, I think they were just, yeah, I think it was more of a freak show <laughs> wow. that they were, uh, wanting to investigate. And, um, yeah, what they found was something different, right? They they uh, they had followed uh, an attendee uh, to one of my workshops at the time, and they were like on the inside of her house. They had like a, a little you know hidden camera in the kitchen kind of thing. They would play the conversations and the before and afters, and I think I think people could really see the transformation. How simple it is, how intuitive it is, really. Although. Um, it was a lot of it went so far against everything that I was raised uh, learning. Like, so here's just an example, right? I, I was raised to be, uh, I'm a feminist and, and get your education. You got to have a, a career. You don't want to have to depend on a man. And then the things you do at work to get ahead are you got to manage your projects and your staff and you're trying to, you're trying to get a promotion or you're trying to improve the bottom line. And, um, the problem is that, in relationships, those same skills are, are not going to be effective. You know, if I am managing my husband, you know, the husbands don't like to be managed. So that's going to have a chilling effect on the intimacy where my goals are actually very different. My goals in my relationship are to be laughing together and holding hands and have him tell me I'm beautiful and stroke my hair and make bedroom eyes at me. So that has nothing to do with bottom lines or promotions. So naturally, it's a totally different skill set. And uh, it's one that just wasn't emphasized, you know, I never knew about my feminine gifts growing up or that that the world needs them and that my relationship needs them. Yes, so true, so true. I'm so glad that, that you learned that and you're sharing that. And I, I gotta ask you, one of the things that, that I always ask my guests is, you know, obviously there's times when we don't do so well in our partnerships and I'm wondering, what's kind of your guiding principle or your your touchstone that you come back to when you're a little bit off the page so that you can yeah. realign and get back into partnership? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because no relationship is perfect, including mine. And uh, wait, this just happened to me recently. So uh, one of the things that, one of the cheat phrases that I teach women that is so powerful for restoring intimacy instantly is um, uh, it's about uh, restoring the respect. And so respect is like oxygen for men. And if you are um, disrespectful and you clean it up, it's just amazing. So so we were out to dinner. John had taken me out to dinner to this swanky restaurant. Actually, we're having a really nice time, big conversation. And he was talking about his um, business. And I said something um, critical about one of his clients. And he rightly took that as me like trying to control or influence how he runs his business. And so he immediately got this look on his face because I can't get away with anything anymore. You know, in the battle days, we, you know, I used to go on all the time, but now 
I'm, I'm pretty respectful most of the time, and that's what he's used to, and that's what I'm used to. So this was a real sour note in the song. And um, so he got this look on his face, and I go, oh, oh. I go, was that disrespectful? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, John, I apologize for being disrespectful when I criticized your client just now. And that was it. That's all I said. And immediately, it's like the good times were back. He was smiling. He was relaxed again. It was like nothing ever happened. So it's just awesome how quickly you can get that back. Men are very forgiving, I find. And, you know, one of the big things that made my head explode as I got into this was finding out that husbands just want their wives to be happy. I've actually asked thousands of men how important it is that their wife is happy. And I've never gotten an answer except for these, which are, oh, it's the most important thing. It's everything. In the UK, they said it was imperative. And so all men everywhere have what I call the hero gene. And we, as their wives or even girlfriends or dates, can trigger that hero gene. Even complete strangers can, can trigger a man's hero gene. And um, they will rise to that occasion. They really just want to... Uh, make us happy. It's such a great thing to know. And I was not clear on that. I thought my husband didn't care about my happiness because I didn't know how to communicate in a way that he could hear. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I had this terrible habit. Um, in my early marriage, I would just complain. Like I'd say, John, this kitchen is a disaster. And I thought he was going to jump off the couch and start cleaning the kitchen. But that never happened, Ken. I don't know why, but that just didn't work, you know. So, and I don't, looking back, I don't even think he could hear. He could just hear me saying, John, blah, 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 right? My lips were moving, but he didn't know how to make me happy. So now I just focus on the end result of the thing that I desire. I'm just, and I call it expressing your desires in a way that inspires. And the formula is that you say, I would love... And then you fill in the final outcome. So I, so years ago I said, I would love a clean kitchen. And so notice I didn't say I would love for you to clean the kitchen. Um, or I didn't use the word you at all because that would give it a sense of control. And then you're just right back to where you started. So but I just said, I would love a clean kitchen. He was like, okay, I'll do the dishes. And you know what? That was like 16, 17, 18 years ago. He's been doing them ever since because he knows it'll make me happy. And it does. It's, it makes me ridiculously happy. That he does the dishes so uh we're, and we're both and so then we're both happy because he feels very successful in pleasing his wife because i let him know how he could do that yes indeed i hope all the women that are listening are really listening and not going yeah but yeah but yeah but <laughs> because well, this is 100 percent true and like you laura i've talked to countless men and i just happen to be one and the thing is, it's funny because you say, you know, men want women to be happy. And I oftentimes, and you probably hear this too. Well, yeah, because happy wife, happy life. Yeah. It's like, no, this isn't a pissing match. No. This is, his yes. mission in his life is for you to be happy. That's exactly it. Right. Wouldn't it be great if we, if every woman really understood that? Because I do think, I think when there's been a cycle, I call it the, uh, the helpful, um, hurtful, hopeless cycle, which is where, um, like me, I was, I just thought I was trying to be helpful. I didn't realize I was controlling or disrespectful. I was just going to help him make a budget or help him rewrite his resume and helpful in wife language is actually critical in husband language. So then I couldn't understand why he was being so defensive. It's because I had hurt his feelings, right? I, I mean, 
I mean, that's it. That doesn't seem like quite the right wording for what was going on because we would have these big blow-ups or we'd have wall-to-wall hostility. But there was a lot of defensiveness there. And so then I'd feel hurt. And then I'd start to just feel hopeless because I couldn't see that hero part of him that wanted to make me happy. All I was getting was um, this pushback where he was trying to keep autonomy over his own life. You know, I'm, I'm in charge of me, not you. And... You know, men are not sexually attracted to their mothers. And that's who I reminded him of when I was being motherly. And women are not sexually attracted to their sons either. So the whole thing had a very chilling effect on the bedroom. And so that was another aspect for me where I thought, oh, he doesn't care about my happiness. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't even seem to care about sex. And it was really because I had become so motherly and so unattractive, like a kind of like a porcupine wife, too, where every time he tried to get close to me, he was getting pricked. So um, anyway, so it's been quite a journey to just learn these cheat phrases and very specific ways to respond in specific situations so that I'm never left wondering or questioning uh, what to do next. I always know how to get back to intimacy quickly. That's awesome. It's like, it's like a superpower. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you said, you know, you would say, well, why don't you? And I'm sitting here as a guy going, oh, that translates in our heads to how could you be so stupid as to. Exactly. So, of course, that's, we get defensive. That's a, good thing. that's a good thing for women to hear. Right. What you just said, that is completely foreign to the female brain. What you just said right there, Ken. So that it took me a long time to to latch on to that, that that really was was me being hurtful, not helpful. Yeah. It was me indulging my fear Instead of my faith, I was expecting the worst outcome from my husband, not the best. And the reason I married him is because I thought he was the best. So I just had to get back to remembering why I admired him. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants most. He wants to be admired for his thinking and his accomplishments. And I want to be loved and cherished and desired and adored. And it's a super compatible system because he's happy to give me what I want it's, you know, when I'm giving him what he wants which I'm happy to give as long as he's giving me what I want. <laughs> but it's like that old song, right? Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. So let there be respect in my marriage and let it begin with me was a kind of a big moment, very humbling moment to begin to turn the boat around. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. So let me ask you this, because I mean, clearly as you evolved through this process and, and did your own, you know, self-experimentation, <laughs> There had to be some like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've been doing this so long. I call them the dull moments, right? <laughs> We're like, yeah. how have I been doing this? This is so obvious. Oh, my God, I'm the biggest knucklehead ever. Yes. Give us one of those. What was something that happened that turned into this wake up moment that now has become a building block for your partnership? Yes. Oh, I've got such an embarrassing story, Ken. But <laughs> and it's from before we were married. My my husband now, my boyfriend at the time, my new boyfriend, took me on this romantic getaway to Hawaii. And the first day I was so excited because I thought, oh, we're going to go to the beach. I can't wait to go to the beach. And um, but instead of saying I wanted to go to the beach, I turned to him and said, so what do you want to do today? And he said, well, I think it'd be fun to go see a volcano. A volcano, huh? Uh, okay, but I didn't want there to be any conflict because this is my new boyfriend and I just wanted things to be close. And so I thought, oh, I'm just going to suck it up and go see this stupid volcano and whatever. Tomorrow we'll go to the beach. And so um, 
we're driving around in the rental car and you can't see the volcano for a while. All you see are the little rocks and the little molten rocks on the side of the road. And I started fuming. I started getting all mad. And he he goes, you know, what's the matter, of course, right? And that's when I just let him have it. I was just like, did you think this would be funny? Because I don't think this is funny. I think this is stupid. And you didn't even ask me what I wanted to do. And my poor guy, all I know is he took his girlfriend to Hawaii, right? And I'm just, he saw a volcano, all right, just not the kind that he was imagining. And um, even after I behaved so badly, um, he did take me to the beach. So, because he found out that's what I wanted. So when I, I think about this younger version of me that just had no idea how to say what she wanted. And if you can't say what you want, you're never going to get what you want. And uh, so that was a big, um, that was a big lesson for me that, it doesn't work to just suck it up. I mean, that's kind of the, that's the, I think when people think of subservient wife or obedient wife, right? It's like, I just suck it up and do what my husband wants. No, that's not what this is about at all. This is about me honoring my desires more than ever before. This is me, uh, in fact, and those desires becoming the directional sign for my husband, for our family, really, uh, and being the driving force between behind a lot of his decisions. You know, I want to move to the beach and now we live by the beach right or um give me big or small right of the kind of vacation i want to take or i want mexican food for dinner it's just something he thrives on is knowing what he can do to make me happy and he takes advantage of it whenever he can that's awesome that's so cool and you know what i always try and remind the women i work with is your needs actually give him purpose Exactly. That's right. And um, I always say desire is the seat of feminine power. And that was something I hadn't realized because, and then what's interesting is it feels kind of vulnerable when you actually start acknowledging the things that you want, because we just all have a lot of guilt for some reason. I'm not sure why that is, but we think, oh, I could get by without that new dress or, um, oh, I don't, we don't really need a new kitchen, right? But I, I want a remodeled kitchen or um, I, I can drive the old car. I don't, we don't, we shouldn't spend the money or, you know, I could clean my house myself. I don't really need a housekeeper. But if the truth is that you want that uh, as a woman, I feel like those are sacred marching orders. And so now I'm really interested. And this is something I work with a lot of women on and just getting down to what is it that you want. And a lot of times when they first land on our campus, Women don't know exactly what they want. They just know that they're unhappy and they can't figure out how to get themselves happy just yet. And so that's one of the things that we work on first is making yourself ridiculously happy. Mm. Yes, yeah, so and not only do they not know what they want, but they do know that they want it right now. Exactly. <laughs> but they right. don't know what it is. But you better give it to them. And you're like, I'm really at a loss here. I need some help. Well, you should just know. And that doesn't yes. work either. Sure. I mean, I really, I do think, looking back, I really do believe that I thought it was my husband's job to make me happy. And the reason I wasn't happy is because he wasn't doing a good job. And as I say it to you, it sounds ludicrous. That's not how it works. And we all know that. And and this here's this, the corollary to that, which also sounds really obvious now. But it turns out only happy people have happy relationships. What? <laughs> Oh, there's a dumb moment for me, right? I was miserable. I'd gotten really caught up with just, I don't know, house cleaning and work and paying the bills. And I just forgot to have frivolous fun. So 
that's a big part of my day every day now is how am I going to delight myself? How am I going to, uh, you know, I'm going to just go have a cup of coffee with a friend or I play a lot of volleyball because I love that or I'm going to sing at the top of my lungs or I'm going to take a nap because they just feel good in the moment. They don't necessarily, it's not about reducing greenhouse gas emissions or improving my cardio fitness. It's just for me to feel good because that's how my marriage can be good and that's how I can show up as the best Laura, you know, the, the sister and the daughter and the coworker and the, you know, and the boss. Right. And, uh, and, and the wife that I want to be. That's excellent. You just reminded me there. I just saw this. I don't know if you saw this as well. Um, so there was the first annual love and relationship online film festival. Hmm. And <laughs> the, the movie that won the second prize was called Brownie points. And it's all about a man trying to make his wife deliriously happy on their anniversary. Aww. And it's so brilliant the way it's done. And it just shows you, hey, pff, look, you got to help him out. He can try and try and try. He's horrible <laughs> yeah. at guessing this. I mean, help the guy out. And you see him go through these awful things where he's trying. He's like, oh, this. And then he realizes, oh, my gosh, that made it worse. Oh, no. That mm -hmm. I thought was like the winner. And it was the worst thing I could have done. Now what do I do? And he just keeps going into this hole, and it's it's brilliant. It's wonderful the way it's done. So, highly recommended. Oh, I'll put it on my list. It sounds yeah. really fun. Yeah. So, Laura, we've actually got to a part of the show I call "Bring It All Home," and this is where we're going to step away from stories, and we're going to just give our our listeners a couple of little bits of concrete, direct, specific uh, guidance and advice that you can share with them. So, I want to start with this one, which is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received yes um i have it and that and it's it's this magical phrase that i rely heavily on um actually in all my relationships not just my marriage although it's certainly where i started and that's been very beneficial so i will give you this uh three word phrase and it is i hear you and that's it it's just i hear you it's not i hear you and what i think is or I hear you and have you thought about that? It's just listening, it's just bearing witness and you're not agreeing and you're not disagreeing. You're just letting them know that what they're saying is important to you. You're just giving them airtime. And I find that uh, I hear the most amazing things. People are so willing to share things with me. Uh, if they just know that I'm, they're listening, I'm not, uh, not judging and not uh, giving them my input about it even just letting them have the space and so uh, you know my husband might say hey I think I'm gonna throw my phone into the ocean you know my work phone into the ocean and it's like oh, okay yeah you know I could get upset about that or frightened or whatever or I could just listen and say oh I hear you and let him work it out himself and it's just been magical I hear you <laughs> well done see I'm a, I'm a quick student <laughs> you are that's great. I love it. So what would you recommend as a book or a resource for our listeners? I mean, we've already talked about some of your books. What's another one that you've come across? You're like, whoa, that's an amazing book. You know, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of John Gray, Dr. Mm -hmm. John Gray. Mm -hmm. That's where I first learned that if women and men were different, that didn't mean that women lost in the workplace, like I was worried they would, mm -hmm. and that I'm not just a smaller, less hairy man. <laughs> um, it kind of goes back to the idea that I have feminine gifts. So 
it's a it's a classic, but I just really think there's so much gold in um, men men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and men are from Mars. Mm -hmm. So that's one that I recommend. Yeah, that's. It, I think what's brilliant about that is it's so clear how foreign things are if you're literally from another planet. That's right. The metaphor is just genius. And I think he also just does a good job, even to this day, like I'll be I'll be writing a blog about how, what respect looks like to men. And I'll say, here's what we think of it as, you know, for women. We think it's, you know, oh gosh, I didn't leave a mess or I let him know where I was going to be and we think that's respectful. And that has nothing to do with what men think of as respect. So it's been, um, like, so even to this day, you know, as I'm writing about what respect really looks like to men, I'll just really appreciate that I got that early training from John Gray. He's also been a huge supporter of my work, and I'm a huge supporter of his. So um, it's just really easy to go back to that classic, best-selling relationship book of all time. Because uh, yeah. Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah, and 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 still to this day. Yeah, it's still a huge seller. I, yeah. I I was talking. Uh, I interviewed a woman uh, who used to run his institute, the the Mars Venus Institute. Oh yeah. And. She was saying that, like, last time she looked, it was still selling, like, a thousand copies a week. Yeah, incredible. And it's like, it came out, like, 25 years ago. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it how is. does that happen? But that's how incredibly, you know, pertinent it is. And it's still, right. you know, it's not like, a, oh, well, that was a trend. No, this this is just how we're built. Exactly. Plain and, and simple. Spells it out. Spells it out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'd love to have us leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. So, Laura, what I'm going to ask you to do is share a really specific example of something that you were able to do or create or experience that was solely the result of being in partnership. It would not have happened on your own. Mm. Well, um, my mission to end world divorce has far exceeded my expectations as far as the adventures that I get to have and the invitations that I get. I mean, just being invited to make uh, this Amazon TV show, Empowered Wives, um, has been, it's just been mind blowing. And that is 100% uh, because of the inner strength that I get from, not just inner strength, that's like really kind of minimizing, but from being married, uh, my husband's a videographer and so a lot of my programs are made on video and he makes all those for me. Um, it, it's just endless. And he ships books. He, he drives me to media appearances. So it, there's nothing, I just couldn't compare. I just would never be where I am now uh, without his support and all that he's contributed that way. So I'm just incredibly fortunate, I think. But I also, um, I look around and see how, the, it's like the old song, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Mm -hmm. And learning that in my primary relationship and being able to take that into business with me has actually been really magical as well. And help, it just helped me so much with my, my team and um, being able to be respectful and loving with the people that I work with inspires and motivates them far beyond what I would have done if I was still uh, criticizing and controlling like I had been in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned the fact that it you can't keep it contained just in your relationship with your partner. Right. It's going to spill out into your whole life. That's absolutely right. It's affected every relationship I have. There's no question about it. And for the better. Right. I'm, I'm closer with my sisters and my dad and 
uh, my girlfriends. I just feel there's such a nice sense of emotional safety that travels with me now. Even in my own head, it's more emotionally safe. And I don't hear myself shrieking like I used to. So I like myself better. Yeah, that's great. Well, Laura, I mean, I think it's pretty clear we barely scratched the surface of what you have to offer. And what I'd love for you to do is, can you let our listeners know how do they contact you? How do they learn more about your work? Yeah, you know, I have something really fun going on right now, Ken. It's called the Get Cherished Challenge. And so if you go to getcherished.com, it's kind of like got milk, but it's Get Cherished. And you sign up there. I will send you five experiments, one a day for five days, that you can try in your relationship. So it's these cheap phrases that, and like, just like me, you know, I just tried things on, even though I thought they were kooky. And then I saw how they worked in my relationship. If they worked, I kept them. If they didn't, I threw them out. And so I invite you to do the same thing with the Get Cherished Challenge. And while you're there, you can also read a free chapter of my new book, The Empowered Wife. Uh, or of course you could go to Amazon if you're Amazon Prime you can watch the series uh, for free Empowered Wives series you can go see the first episode uh, you know, it's like a 20 minute episode um, and they're just very very gratifying to watch but also very instructive about how to love and be loved in return nice nice and so the Get Cherished Challenge would would women who aren't in a relationship right now could they still apply this they absolutely could. The intimacy skills are the intimacy skills, whether you're dating, whether you're a girlfriend, or whether you're a wife, um, because they all kind of go back to the essence of femininity. So uh, the essence of femininity, by the way, is receptivity. So this is the thing that men are fundamentally most attracted to in the world is the feminine mind, body, and spirit. So when you become more feminine, it take, makes you 10 times more attractive. And so this is better than losing weight or getting a tan or highlighting your hair, this is where you're supermodel beautiful to them um, because of the way you're showing up in your with your feminine spirit. And so, um, yeah, so whether you're whether you're single or married, uh, you're, you're all good with the Get Cherished Challenge. Uh, for my single listeners, though, uh, I also have a book called The Surrendered Single, which is about how to attract and marry the man who's right for you. And uh, we hear a lot of we get a lot of good stories of uh, well we get actually what we get are uh, engagement announcements. People send us a lot of engagement announcements after they've read the surrendered single. Nice, excellent. Well, Laura, it has been so great having you on the show. Your your stories, your insights, just absolutely incredible. And I know I'm going to be digesting this for a while. I'm sure all the listeners are too. Thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Ken. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.